Sinister may be in the pit, but his sins keep on coming. <laughs> That's uh, an understatement. They're everywhere. They're just feeding into everything. And all I, over everything. All I over love the it. Place. I love it. It just means so much. It's in, It's intense. It's great. That's for sure. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sinister Justin. Oh, Sinister Justin. Yeah. Not just regular Justin. No, that guy's gone. He's taking a nap. Oh, a nap. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, y'all. What's happening? If you can't hear... Alicia has massive allergies. She's I'm fighting. Being killed by pollen. She's fighting the elements. I, on the other hand, do not have allergies to the extent that she does, as she will argue that of you course have I do. allergies. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. But you don't die. No, from them. I the am way strengthened I strengthened by them. That's rude. Okay, how dare you suggest that I am not strengthened by this struggle? The struggle of allergies. Tell me, what are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about comics. We're talking our two uh, Marvel Unlimited comics are Love Unlimited number 48 and X-Men Unlimited number 85. Then we're shooting it over with a little special edition of the free comic book day comics, specifically Uncanny Avengers number one. And the Hellfire Gala number one. Ooh. Oh, both of the... Half of that was the Hellfire Gala. The other half was Uncanny Avengers. Oh, all right. All Jerry. All Jerry, all day. Just a bunch of Jerry's. Couple of Jerry's. Then we're going over to our regular weekly Tangies, Tangible Books. Scarlet Witch number five, Before the Fall, Sons of X number one, and Immortal X-Men number 11. Wow, so much to talk about, so many things, but before it all, we've got to get to the news. What's the matter? News. <laughs> Rude. It's just, it's you. I love you. I love but you, you too. You're struggling. I'm yeah. Well, I'm blinded eat. by the sun and I can't breathe. So double whammy. Double whammy. We got a handful of pages of preview art on X Men Before the Fall Mutant First Strike. Oh, some of the I longest did names. See those. Yeah, yeah, and some of the longest names for comic book issues. But what a lineup! Did you see who was in it? Storm, Jean Grey, Cyclops. Oh yeah. Tempo, Bishop, Tempest, no, um, not Tempest, uh, Triage. It's an all-star Ar- team. Archangel, Penance. Like, what? What? No messing around. This is the one shot by Steve Orlando that seems to meld X-Men and Marauders themes as they are going around the world and responding to crises. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I had Free Comic Book Day. I went to Free Comic Book Day today and got the... This this item was added to the news before we pushed back when we were recording. So oh, yeah. this was before, as if to say, hey, Free Comic Book Day is coming up tomorrow. But, but now this Free is, Comic Book Day is today. It was today. Did you go? Did you get it? Anybody in the world? I can't find them online, which is upsetting me because I want to screenshot the hell out of them and post them. <laughs> and this is upsetting me. 
Well, maybe but, they're just like, yo, on free comic book day, you have to get actual comic books. Get them tangies. I got the Uncanny Avengers one, the Spider-Man and Venom one, which sets up some interesting things for Spider-Man and Venom. Ooh. A little Craven story brewing in Amazing Spider-Man and something something weird and back in the in the past for Venom. Ooh, back in the past. And then the Marvel Voices and then uh, Stranger Things and then a couple other random ones. That Stranger just... Things? Yeah. I clearly did not look through the free comic book day pile. You did not. A part of one of these, I think it was the Spider-Man and Venom, and was also a part of the news just because it's coming, was the Ultimate Invasion preview. Oh. So this was the preview art that we had seen previously, but now with letters and, and speech bubbles. Oh. So we actually get to, to hear this conversation between the maker and Miles Morales. Oh. Kind of interesting. Miles is freaking out like, who are you? What are you doing here? Maker's just like, you don't remember me? You don't know? You know that you're not from this universe, right? You understand all of the things that happened before. Let's go do some crazy stuff. Yikes. You trying to get down? Maybe, maybe not. I had put in my personal Instagram story asking folks what their favorite cheese for grilled cheeses were. Yeah. And Barusu33 said that I should talk about this on the podcast. I should update people. Ah. They and Chili's Bowl List voted for Swiss as their favorite cheese, which I've never... Whoa. I'd never had... I like Swiss cheese. I've had Swiss cheese. I've never had it as a grilled cheese. What? I don't like Swiss cheese. You don't like it at all? There's only one cheese that I really don't like. It's gorgonzola. And... Interesting. I'm on somewhat of an unofficial cheese quest. You know, trying to find some of the best grilled cheese combinations that I've tasked myself with (laughs) because I've set out to start making them at work on my lunch breaks for lunch. How to make the best grilled cheese i've done research i've looked up i've gotten suggestions and i've been talking to a bunch of people a lot of great suggestions uh, evan said chala which i had never heard of oh. and i looked into and a couple uh i think gilbert rojo 22 1022 had said colby jack and pepper jack combo oh. uh, comic extracts had said provolone or cheddar oh provolone provolone's yeah. a go-to right american was really all i had ever had before Mm. just the classics yeah just the basic eric huffman's vote was for american he said uh the craft singles michelle said macaroni and cheese and then she told me about this pulled pork mac and cheese sandwich that was life-changing and immediately it went on the list a macaroni and cheese grilled cheese yes please i've had that before but it just doesn't have enough stick like it doesn't have the glue the melty cheesiness I don't remember what it was called, but I remember that when I went to Chicago for the first time, my friend Liam took me to a restaurant that was all gourmet grilled cheeses, and it was the best day of my life. It wasn't the big cheese? No. Oh. I don't think so. The big cheese is a restaurant in Cranston. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway... Well, so I, I've been cheese news, cheese news that I've been I've been thinking and especially because we did it last week, you know, maybe maybe a little bit of personal news every now and then saying, saying what's up. Well, you don't think my allergy suffering is enough. Personal that that news? was yours. That was your thing. Cheese is That's my thing. My news. That's, That's your so news. Disappointing. Do you have anything else that you want to say or, or what uh, on the spot? I did. No, I got nothing. I. I mean, I I performed this weekend at the State House, and I was doing this like really intense dance performance, standing up for a woman's right to choose, and we weren't allowed to use music because 
they don't allow you to bring in any sound equipment into the state house anymore. And so we were supposed to perform in quote unquote silence. But then, so we're doing this like really visceral dance performance. And then off in the distance, somewhere else in the state house, someone was performing and singing and they were singing part of your world from the little mermaid. And it was the oddest experience of my life to try to be like really focused but also just hearing like up where they walk up where they run and i'm like (laughs) i'm trying to focus well there you go that's my news yeah grilled cheese and abortion rights little mermaid there you go there you go hey that that kind of cut in before gardens of the galaxy number three opens this weekend we're going to see it on sunday yeah we're excited and there's an article the guardians of the galaxy comics you should read right now oh snap they're all infinity comics but you know just general curiosity if you're interested in checking out we were also a guest on geek explained podcast with eric yeah and he had a really great episode about guardians of the galaxy runs that you could get into from the start that they had like number ones longer runs and some great suggestions some things that i definitely want to check out oh thanks for those resources did you know that kate was a guardian of the galaxy at one time what yeah i had to write that down just to just to tickle your interest and i'm tickled (laughs) she was star lord what (laughs) kind of on to the pole. I can't. The, sh- the face that she's making. Because what? That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So we have two entries in the poll. I almost put Scarlet Witch because the last page or so. I can't believe of all the times to put Scarlet Witch in the poll, you didn't do it this time. No, because I felt like I got yelled at last time. Because because there was no Krakoa, but you're going to... All right. Anyway. Anyway. Whoop, there's two entries in the poll. Uh, Immortal X-Men 1. By what? 87%. 69%. Whatever. It was a much bigger fight. That was way off. Just so you know. <laughs> you making that whatever fight. <laughs> you know what? You don't have to be like that. You never guess, okay? So what ha- What would happen if you guessed? I'd get it right because I know the answer. i do the polls. So, so back up. <laughs> I'm feeling frisky because I can't breathe, okay? 31% for Sons of X. Quick maths. Quick maths. And that's all we got for the news. You ready for those unlimited books? Yeah. Well, let's start with uh, Love Unlimited. Asexual support group. Listen, this is what I think is really cool. I learned so much. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I didn't know that there was a spectrum of asexuality. And I didn't know that there were, like, differences in, in how much attraction you could have or how much sexual desire you could have or if you if you even want it at all like it's just so interesting to me interesting is definitely the word for it because i don't think i ever expected this type of content to be the focus of a comic book right but i I think that it's a valuable conversation to have and especially to be able to serve it up through a character who's struggling through this in a genuine way you know we're talking about how the x-men unlimited felt a little hokey Right. And and felt like a little forced in its representation. Whereas this yes. just kind of it was this is Gwenpool figuring herself out. Yeah. And I I can say that from, you know, like a story perspective, it's not like an epic tale. But no, 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 no for no. the fact that this was like a gateway or like a doorway for people to to see and to understand asexuality. And then at the end for 
Gwen to be like, Gwen Poole to be like, here's a screenshot for you. Look at me. I'm asexual, face of asexuality or or like a representation in comics. Like that was a cool, I don't know. I think it's important that we're shedding light on these things and that we're getting an opportunity for other people to feel seen and acknowledged because there are asexual people in the world and they have feelings too. Yeah, this was educational and kind of heartwarming, you know, as everyone being so open and communicative about where they were at and really shared a path forward for Gwen and Julie and their relationship to turn into support for each other. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I like that, you know, we came to this conclusion where Gwen, you know, basically says to Julie, I care for you, but I can't be what you need in a relationship and you can't be what I need in a relationship. So we're going to go our separate ways. And so we got closure in that, you know, in that vein of things. And we're also getting Gwen off on a new adventure, which is cool. Something about her gams in uh, being added to her Wikipedia page. Fantastic gams. I did. And it was there. Amazing. Amazing. As it should be. The internet delivered. She said to Julie to have it added to her powers and did a wink to the reader as like, hey. Do you think a reader did it or do you think like an editor or someone at Marvel did it? I think a reader did it pretty early on, but I don't know. I didn't check. This was written by Jeremy Whitley, art by Bailey Rosenlund, colors Kelly Fitzpatrick, letters Ariana Maher. VCs Ariana Maher. Are you ready for the X-Men standoff? No, I don't want to talk about it. Can we skip it? Wow. I really didn't like it. You didn't like it more than you don't like the excellent yeah. Wow. I'd rather read the excellent. Wow. I just like, I don't know. It's like, okay, so the X-Men who say they're the X-Men and now they've aged because they're in the mojo world don't really believe that they're fighting the real X-Men because they think everything is a hologram. So they're slinging insults. And I then mean, they've been there for how many years in their time and they've been tricked left and right by Mojo. At this point, I wouldn't believe anything that I see either. Yeah. And then... Mojo Jr. is like, hey, guys, no, listen, they're real. Harmony, use, or the harmonizing. Yeah, use your harmonizing power to prove that they're actually people because your powers don't work on holograms. And then bingo, bango, it's all good. Oh, my God, let's get out of here. We hate Mojo. Yeah, and we're not the X-Men. We're the next mutants. Weird name. Weird name. You think so? Well, like, call yourself the next men. I don't know. Like, the next, the next mutants. Like, <laughs> well, they don't all identify as men. I think that's the problem. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. The next mutants. Show's over, Grandpa. And the reveal of Face Shopper, I think their name was. Yeah. Her name was. Making out with Making Mojo out. Jr. What? Listen. Hey. Attracted to a good, kind personality. Sure. Written and by a Grace Saver, right? Attracted yeah. to someone who saved their life. And stood up to their oppressive family. Yeah. Written by Grace Freud, art by Alberto Albuquerque, colors Yen Nitro, letters Josebino. Sees Josebino. So you're glad it's done. Yeah, I've we'll, had enough. We'll get something else. Please and thank you. And I think that also we dropped Love Unlimited as well. That was the last issue of that. We'll, we'll get more focused in our unlimited comics. Oh, we're going back forward. to just the one. Just the one. Just the one. Are you ready to talk about Uncanny Avengers and the Hellfire Gala preview? Yeah. Because we got two short previews, right? So what they've been doing, I was explaining this to Andy at Disc Golf the other day. 
what they do now is instead of just doing like a random one-off story, they give you a preview of upcoming pages from a comic. Oh, so these will read these pages again. These pages, maybe not exactly like this. There have been some changes in the past. There was a preview of Ten of Swords in a previous year's free comic book day issue and some of the dialogue and some of the art even changed but largely this will be part of the hellfire gala one shot coming out in june july time frame and then part of uncanny avengers coming out right after that interesting really interesting and good how these two separate stories tied together right both yes written by jerry both telling the story of who is captain krakoa and what are they up to yeah, so we've got a mystery soldier. We don't know who this person is. Right, very shrouded in darkness as they are attacking the treehouse during the Hellfire Gala, right? So everybody's like, yeah, nobody's here. Eyes are on McNeese Island and nobody's in New York hanging out. So they go to both steal the Captain Krakoa suit and poison the treehouse right. and set it on fire. With an Orcus vial. Right. So yeah, that's yeah, key so you know what was that about it. And then Cyclops shows up. Classic 90s, not even wearing his Hellfire Gala yeah, suit. What's up with this? Yeah, or his suit. Right? Where, where are you coming from, Cyclops? He's just like, yo, listen. He I came says, to party. He says a bad word. He says a Cyclops word. I, he's, being, he's being a cool guy. That's I don't know cl- if I've ever seen Cyclops talk like that. Classic Scott Summers leading he, the he charge. He should say, excuse me, young friend. I'll kick your booty if you don't get out of my house. I mean, this guy's got gray hair, so you know, he kind of looks like GW Bridge. Well, either way, also, do you really think... Okay, so the soldier is like, I'm just a regular guy. And then Cyclops is like, Cyclops of Forge, we have a problem. And then the soldier punches Cyclops in the face and he's like, oh, you silly mutants. I said I'm a regular guy and you thought you could just turn your back on me. I'm like, I don't think that's what Cyclops was doing. Yeah. I think you're like a little bit angry for no reason. You're the one who broke in here. Okay. I mean, it, it was a valid point. He did turn his back. Okay, but... Anyway, the guy becomes Captain Krakoa, beats the bejesus out of Cyclops, and then kills Blows up. him? Uh, Question maybe. mark? Question throws mark. him off a cliff and right. is just like, yeah, peace I mean, out. Throws him off the top of the treehouse and then blows everything up. That was an incredible last shot, right? Yeah, and just flies away off to D.C. as Captain Krakoa. Written by Jerry Duggan, art by Joshua Cassara, colors Marte Gracia, letters Clayton Coles. VCs Clayton Coles. You know what I also want to point out is that yet again, Destiny Destiny Mystique looking fabulous. Well, first of all, yes, yes, Joshua Cassara, those designs. I I love Mystiques. Destiny's headpiece is going kind of crazy, but the the gold and black are really good. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, but (laughs) someone in House of X was like, "Do straight guys?" even know what's going on do they care about the hellfire gala and i was like i'm here for the drama mostly but some of the outfits look cool you know mileage varies depending on what you care about and what you react to but i think mystique looks hot in this yeah that's a great costume that's an amazing costume she looks so dope but they're just like destiny again is like listen this guy sneaking like she straight up knows what's happening she's like someone's breaking into the treehouse we gotta go and even at this point Mystique is like the rogue, rogue thing. Yeah, we gotta wait for Rogue. So like, clearly more is happening, or we'll come out of the Gambit and Rogue, Rogue and Gambit situation. And 
And well, Destiny is like, nah, she'll find us. Because all Destiny cares about is Mystique. Sure. Yeah, I mean, she kind of cares about Rogue. Not really. And then the note of Rogue having flown off. Yeah, what does she say after the third whatever? She'll find us when the time is right. Rogue just flew off at Mach 3. Because she flies off to the Uncanny Avengers preview. Yeah. Where she goes and meets up with Captain America in a different way. Ooh-hoo. Yeah, this was intense. I Honestly, I said it as like a passing comment of GW Bridge, George Washington Bridge, which is a crazy name if you think about it. Um, but it totally looks like his hair and makes... There's a character called George Washington Bridge, <laughs> or are you referring to the bridge? No, I'm, I'm talking about the character GW Bridge. Who is who? He's a guy. He's a guy from Cable's timeline, which also makes sense when you think about the Cable-controlled... Orcus controlled cable preview description for Children of the Vault. Yeah. If he's a guy from Cable's timeline, makes makes sense why Cable's well, going to get involved. He's not from Cable's timeline. He just knows Cable and is uh, is from the mercenary group Wild Pack, later Six Pack. Oh. Which was led by Cable. So Interesting. He was a associate of S.H.I.E.L.D., which has some connection to Orcus, especially if... They feel weird about mutants. But the faulty, the fake Captain Krakoa flies off to D.C. to interrupt a meeting. Right. And our second preview, which is not Blade. Yeah, I was very ad. confused. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is Blade. No, that's just an advertisement. He comes in. He just straight comes in with grenades and blows them up as these world leaders, these country leaders for the U.S. are meeting. And just yeah, and they're meeting specifically about like what to do about Krakoa. Right. The fact that like is Krakoa nation should we be worried about them? Like all of these things, and you know they terraformed the planet, and they they're they're evil. And then he pops up, and he's like, "Oh, what did Magneto like? Let me punch you in the face and say, what did Magneto say? That's right. You have new gods now. Here's some grenades. I'm gonna blow up this meeting, like." Bro, you just came in here and like destroyed government property, probably murdered a bunch of people and are just totally framing Krakoa. That's the one argument that this is definitely not GW Bridge because he is a black man. Oh, well. And I was not putting that together with the chin exposed of the Captain Krakoa suit. So there you go. Rewind that back. That's not an accurate guess. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I was thinking about it and I was like, all right. So does the world know, like the world knows that Cyclops died and was resurrected. Like, do they know that he was the one who was wearing the Captain Krakoa suit? I do not believe so. So they just think Captain Krakoa is another mutant. He was on the X-Men team. And now he's just been kind of like missing and hanging out for a while. And this other guy with a chin who remarkably looks like Cyclops' chin in the Captain Krakoa suit is now Captain I mean, Krakoa. It's kind of standard for all chiseled chins. He looks exactly like Steve Rogers' chin. Yeah. And and on top of that, Steve Rogers is like, all right, I'm going to go help these people out. And then his bike is sabotaged and he jumps into the water and is like, oh, well, at least I escaped. Psych. A sea of Orcus agents coming up behind him in the water, having planned for him to dive into the water on the bridge off the bridge and ready to stab and choke him up. Yeah, they're they're not nice, but thank goodness Rogue happened to 
nab some of Polaris's powers right before she left the gala. So yeah. which I mean that yank Captain yeah. America out the water. Absolutely. And just happy to see her there. Yeah. Also oddly in her outfit of yeah. X Men, not in her Hellfire uniform. Yeah. Right? Interesting. But there's uh, you know, some some conversation off where I guess Deadpool might be living and also a young mutant is living in a family yeah and this is giving me totally like x-men the animated series like jubilee hello right? the sentinels are here for your child vibes and they are stark sentinels these With things that are man massive in an orcus suit yeah an orcus shield suit yeah. that is a red shield suit very clearly designed to look like the shield uniform i don't know who that guy is is that guy captain krakoa <sighs> who knows man could be he's got white hair he's got the butt chin who who did that one? Who's the credits for that one? Written by Jerry Duggan, art by Javier Garon, colors Maury Hallwell, and letters Travis Lanham. BC's Travis Lanham. Controlled demolition. That was the name. What do you think? Are you excited? Are you terrified? Are you? I'm not terrified, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. I'll I'll be honest, especially. Thinking about the issues that we have coming up to talk about, there was not a good feeling as I was reading these issues. Well, yeah, it's definitely like uh, they're they're not messing around. It with made me, like the bad news bear situation. It made me very aware of the change that is coming to Krakoa. Yes, especially within the council and how that's very rapidly crumbling. But before we get to that, we have to high-level talk about Scarlet Witch and and obsess in detail over the last page or I, so. Ugh. So, I mean, I, I I take notes for the issues. I took, like, four lines of notes. It was cover. That's crazy. I love the cover. Good Cel- job, Russell Dodderman. Celebration for having fought off Scythia. All-out battle as she has returned with her armor. Emotional resolution as Wanda just easily defeats her and then has all this fun with Darcy and then WTF not my Magneto because who is this on the last page yeah okay well first I did think it was a little bit odd that Cynthia is just like fight 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 and then all right you know what you beat me fair and square well Wanda does clean up all of her injuries and then comes back yeah and, and attacks is she definitely says hey you are not aware of who you're messing with right i'm much stronger than you believe and i also like this this continuation of wanda's sort of redemption arc where she's saying just because your people believe a certain thing about you or believe a certain thing about how you're supposed to handle these things doesn't mean that that's who you have to be yeah. You know, you don't have to kill Darcy because she killed this other person because this other person actually did something bad and they shouldn't just have a blanket forgiveness and you shouldn't just blanket murder anyone who wrongs, quote unquote, wrongs your people. Right. If yes. your people, if it was, especially because like in Darcy's situation, it was self-defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, they're BFFLs, BFFFs and like, all of this, like, where's the metal coming from? I don't know. And then, surprise, two guys go in a cave and they come out all bloody because Magneto, Magneto said, not on my property. Magneto in a dope costume. 
Magneto, Michael Fassbender, Magneto. Right, right. Tell me that's not him. Potentially a younger looking Magneto. Like what? What? If only there was a character that might be able to shed some information about who this is. What do you mean? Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> so many people were like, oh, now you're going to have to explain Joseph. Who the heck is Joseph? We'll get to that in a second. No, so no. I, what do you mean? We're, we're talking about this. We're talking about this, right? The 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 and that was a lot of the questions, right? Is is this Joseph? Is this the weird connection details within uh, Age of X Men that I guess a part of Magneto is on the astral plane and and could just is it Agatha messing with Wanda or preparing to mess with Wanda because she's teased to come in to the next issue or two in the annual but uh, what i saw magneto die yeah yeah no this is not magneto this is definitely joseph who but... the heck is joseph <laughs> joseph is a clone of magneto who was when he was cloned was amnesiatic and thought he was magneto because people thought he was magneto so why is he like oh who refused to stay dead if he's not dead, if he's not Magneto. Well, because technically the last time we saw him, he was killed. He was killed by Benon and his head was cut off. And two of our eagle-eyed friends, Blanchina and Remspringer, pointed out the scar underneath his chin across his neck, showing that this could be Joseph because he was decapitated when he died. And there is this scar going across his neck as if to signify this is Humpty Dumpty put back together again. Oh, Jiminy Crickets. Right? When the heck did this happen? Who's Joseph? Who cloned Magneto? The Acolytes. This was all a part to, I think it was the Acolytes. This was all because when he was brain dead after Xavier removed it, your face right now is priceless. There's a lot that you don't know. Even Obviously. still, even still, every day right? I realize right? that I'll never know anything. You know, you might in three more years. <laughs> but what did Xavier do to his brain? Oh, that's a that's a much larger story. I mean, Xavier reached in and essentially shut off Magneto's brain because I'll kill that man. Because I'm done. You can't tell me anything else to make Xavier. Okay, because why? Because he ripped the adamantium from Wolverine's body. Th that issue. And it was that act that started to swirl their darkest thoughts between the two and manifest into onslaught. <sighs> Angry growl. Joseph was on the X-Men at a time and now he's seems... like real name Joseph. He doesn't have any kind of code name. We just called him Joseph. We just call him Joseph. He was named by and the children. amazing Technicolor Dream Cult. Like yeah. that's all I can hear when you say it. Yeah, I mean that's pretty dope. Look at oh, that. He looks like Michael Fassbender. Yeah, no, he does. But look at that little little lapel adornment. Yeah. Essentially, look at those steel-toed boots. Especially the the Magneto type feathering from the helmet in his pocket. Steel toe boots, nice detail. But yeah, the, the we'll talk about questions real quick. I mean, it was so I had written this out of the poll. I didn't post it with the weekly books post. I was so sure that they wouldn't sneak in a bit of X Men with everything else going on in all the other books, and then huh. boom! I was not expecting this at all. And I don't know if people wrote it off because I know a lot of people were I'll only stop here for it. Wait, right, right. I mean, you're five issues in. Did you stop? Did you think like, okay, I. Yeah, 
maybe I'll pick it up when I see another mutant on the cover. And uh. this is, I don't know if this is a reason to continue to read other than just figuring out Joseph's story in the Krakoan age and how that might influence Magneto's name and legacy. That's oh, kind of interesting. Geez. Well, if, because if the general public isn't going to know the difference. Right. Especially if he's calling himself, well, he's not saying Magneto, but he's looking like Magneto. Yeah. He looks like Magneto in the movies. Yeah. Which they also make a handful of like MCU references. Sure. In this particular issue. Car Crash Carlo, Carlos said, Nito? Question mark, exclamation point. Or Neto, because it's the N-E-T-O. And how do you pronounce anything? But yeah, that was the the wow. Aye, aye, aye. Vaderino said, my jaw dropped to the ground on that last page, but he's so angry. Is it really Magneto? Hell, it could be Joseph. This is what I'm saying. He's way too angry to be Magneto. This is not the Magneto that we know. Sure. The Magneto who has achieved the paradise, who is the leader of the mutant people. Who said, I'm I'm good if I die. Right. That's cool. Right. You know, I saw Anya. I'm said goodbye yeah this is not this is not my magneto well but but also it is my magneto because i like magneto like this right it's kind of a way to give you classic angry magneto while magneto is still narratively dead but i also think it's a little bit cheapening not not a cop-out but like it's like okay he hasn't even been dead for that long like make us work for it a little to get him back i think if they had not used a character who had already existed then i would feel more that way but the fact that joseph is a character that has existed in the comics and it's basically just tying another thread to the krakoan story makes me like it a little bit more but blonde china said kill the pretender (laughs) by the way joseph is the pretender here i think i spy a scar on his neck aka when my girl canon chopped his dome off freaking love you because <laughs> Rebspring has sent in the panel zoomed in showing us that scar and the opposite panel where Kanon had sliced off Magneto's head I think it was in 2019 um, I had only just started looking into it but I wanted more this is what I love about this podcast is the people the community like digging in jumping and being in as like crazy as we are that want to know every little detail and are like hey look at this look at this Did you see this look at this hair this tuft of hair off to the side which is strategically placed to cover or to show like i don't know i'm just i love it so much thank you i think about it like if magneto can keep his heart going joseph could potentially attach his head like that's science i maybe i don't know why not the Pikachu said, is it Magneto, Joseph, or Agatha messing with Wanda? I just don't know how Agatha, like, I mean, I know Agatha is teed up and, is and teed younger. Up and, but this doesn't feel like messing with Wanda because Wanda is not directly Involved, related right. to these people. He's just chilling in a cave. Yeah. But you never know because it does say, like, next up, Ag- it was Agatha all along. Well, right. Because we're going to go off to the annual and hopefully just for pacing intrigue, we won't get this immediately. It'll just build in the background. Like that'd be a cool way to slow play a big arc finale, having Joseph gradually gaining power or create some kind of noticing element for Wanda to be involved with. Yeah. Warland said, we get Joseph back, but why? (laughs) But why? Why? And Michael Fox said, we get Joseph as a Scarlet Witch 
and uh, character. Hmm. I'll entertain it only if it means we get some nuanced details regarding Wanda's feelings about the death slash missing her father, which I thought was a really interesting point Ugh. that we could have Joseph lead us into some emotional resonance and, and dealing with the trauma of having lost Magneto and what that means to Wanda. Does Wanda know about Joseph? I think she knows about him. Actually, I'm curious, but I think she does. I don't think she was on a team ever with him. I just wonder. I ask because I wonder if she'd be like, wait, Magneto's alive. And then she'd and be like, much nah, younger. you're a fraud. You're a fake, Magneto. Bantel Tale kind of asking a question between this issue and our next issue. Y'all think Wanda would have Mother Righteous's number if they met and magic battled? Oh, yeah. Wanda would take Mother Righteous down. And I would love to see it. Especially after seeing especially after seeing how Mother Righteous was affected in this issue, particularly. She's not as tough as she seems. Yeah. Before we move on, written by Steve Orlando, art by Russell Dodderman, colors Matt Wilson, letters Corey Petit. VCs Corey Petit. Russell Dodderman on the cover too. This was a special treat to just have Russell throughout the issue. This yes. was this was basically, hey, did you drop this issue? Well, maybe you should come back. Yeah, for sure. A, a like, a, hey, let's get the internet talking. Don't you don't you think we don't have something to offer over here? Hmm. Come on back now. Are you ready for Sons of X? I don't know what happened. What do you mean? You were. You, you, we started to talk about this last night and then we were like, no, this is too much. We got to save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. As Chandler says. As Chandler says, yes. I mean, here's the thing. I I liked this issue, but I also, what did I say to you last night? I said, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. There's a lot going on for a little bit to happen. Yeah, it it was a big wrapper for a little bit of chocolate. Yeah. A lot of work for a tiny treat. Yeah. But this cover. Ooh. It's a good cover. Phil. I love Phil Noto. <laughs> yeah. Just the layers, so much going on. It's also exciting, and especially having come out of Sins of Sinister to have this be our first of four Fall of X things tying in. This both of these issues felt like Sins of Sinister aftermath. Yeah, for sure. Which is great. And and just, you know, you think about I enjoyed, and especially reflectively, Lives and Deaths. Mm-hmm. But the impact on Krakoa was minimal, if none. Right. Right. Other than Moira being whatever Moira's doing now, this is heavily intertwined with the entirety of Krakoa's story. Yeah, it's major impacts. Right. Yeah. Which is great. Here we go. Page turn noise. We got layers of recap as David and Nimrod fight it out. The monstrous mutants run free in the world and... A brain-wiped Banshee is just kind of lost in the altar. Yeah. And I mean, this is a combination of recap and New. simulation, right? Sure. David knows that he's going to fight Nimrod, but he doesn't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, more like narrative recap as to where our characters are. Right? And, and and yes, this is a new piece of information, Legion fighting Nimrod, but also knowing where we ended in Legion of X-10 with Nimrod having attacked the altar, not the altar, but uh, yeah, actually through the altar and then what the spire. Right. And that kind of tells us questionably, like, where does that fall within 
the timeline of Sins of Sinister because the reason that Banshee is so confused is because he now no longer has the spirit of variance connected to him. So somewhere along the line in the reset, Mother Righteous like let that go because she took the spirit back at the end of Sins of Sinister. Yeah, I'd say that Legion of X-10 happened before Immortal X-Men 10. David's working out a dream circuit, just fighting Nimrod. And, and not to skip over this seed image of Nightcrawler. Like you have the bamps and the dead bodies on the first page. And then this slashing of the throat from darkness on the second one yeah. or third. Nightcrawler's been up to some stuff and he don't even know. He don't even know. This this overshot of legions uh, being stomped on by Nimrod. Yeah. As he's running it again, trying to work through a potential solution to fight Nimrod. He's just too fast. He's just too powerful. He could just adapt far too quickly. Yeah. The full team watching on. As Banshee appears broken and the team investigates, hey, you got something on your mind and it is a mother of a headache. Oh, mother righteous. Why are you in my mind? I love the way that Phil makes her look too. She looks so devious. Yeah. It's perfect because she is so devious. Where are you at with her? How do you feel about her? I want to watch her burn. You want to watch her burn? Yeah, I'm done with her. (laughs) You're done? Like I, you know, I, I feel upset that I ever thought that she was any good. Yeah. Well, she was a sinister, so. I know. Data page. This, what are these data pages? This uncorrected manuscript. Who's writing this? I have no idea. That's blocked out. It's redacted. Fall of the House of X. It seems like it is an Orcus plan or manuscript for their what they're going to do. Yeah, maybe. It just also feels like someone's writing a novel about Krakoa. Mm. Isn't that what a manuscript is? Yeah, yeah. Unpublished novel. And I just want to know why. Well, you can't. Maybe later. Maybe an uncanny Spider-Man. So what's even happening in this data page? We're talking about our main characters. We're talking about Krakoa. We're talking about the impending doom for mutant kind. The fall of mutant kind. It's, It's basically just predicting or outlining everything that's going to happen. While the Quiet Council struggled to parse the fallout from Mr. Sinister's timeline-adjusting coup, see previous chapter, even Legion was powerless to field all of Orcus's many curveballs. Like, I don't understand how they have all this information. That's exactly why I'm confused as to where this is coming from. Is this is this Mother Righteous having written it? Was it her book? Yeah, right? Maybe. Is it Destiny having written it? You know, being able to see the future of what could happen? Hmm. Interesting. Two possible answers, but we won't find it today. We don't get the answer now. But what we do get is a title page. Fall of the House of X. Run it again. Written by Cy Spurrier. Art and colors by Phil Noto. And the cover. Letters Clayton Coles. VCs Clayton Coles. Let's save our team. Let's, let's get back all of our friends. As we have this visit with Mother Righteous. Ooh, and she's pulling out her books and she's she's like 
I don't know. In this issue, I feel like she's showing a little bit more her villainy. Yeah. She's like, I have you now. Well, especially against Legion. Yeah. yeah. She is making her move and showing her hand. Like with the council, she's like, I'm here to help. She's still playing. She's still puppet master. Yeah. And here she's like, listen. But even in... I've thwarted you. Even in Immortal with the Shaw conversation... Well, yeah. You, you know, we're, we're getting the details of how deep her plan goes because that is throughout this issue with the Nimrod conversation and the Legion conversation. Yeah. She gives these updates and they've got questions, especially blindfold cutting to the core of it all. Like, how do you know all of this about this aborted timeline? How are you getting this information? How can you see what Legion had tried to do or wanted to do in a future that won't happen? Because I was there, baby. And I sent myself magic books. Here, let me shove this ball in your face and tell you what happened, Legion. Let me show you a glimpse of yourself in the future. As they make a deal with Mother Righteous. Never a wise choice. No. To rid the world of these monstrous mutants. To get that virus out that Margali has created. All she wants in return... Just, just say thank you. Just some thanks. And and that makes your heart drop. You're like, don't do it. Please don't do it. And there's another data page with a ridiculous amount redacted. Yeah. Again, uncorrected manuscript. This, this Nightcrawler having transformed the commission spell of Margali from Orcus. The R&D division working on the completed bloom station where all of these things are, are so redacted in a bestial state, unable to resist blank, blank, blank. Wagner was sent on a spree of murders against important religious leaders Yeah. to the watching world. These appeared to be attacks by Krakoa, but they were really, and it's setting up the public opinion being at an all time low. This is the, the beating of the war drum that isn't impending the right. And if you're, Pairing this with the Captain Krakoa sure. situation. And, and just, the council situation. Everything is... Orcus is essentially framing Krakoa for a bunch of these acts so that they can reinforce their idea that Krakoa is out to conquer the world. I mean, they're selling the narrative from multiple angles and Krakoa is also tearing itself apart. You right. think the machinations of the council members, Sabretooth coming in... You just think of all the things that are happening at the same time. What Beast is doing to Wolverine. Yeah. As we check in on the bloom. The bloom. Alert the scientists. There's some danger happening. As Nimrod has a meeting with a little psychic manifestation of Legion. Ooh. And then an uppercut shot from Mother Righteous. She just she's just really into shoving her glowing orbs in people's faces today. Yeah, I, I do love this image of her coming at Nimrod. Mm-hmm. This is versus image. Mm. The box narration about the fall, the journey, the the demise, essentially all the things that are happening narratively in the background that we're just leading into with this one shot. It's intense. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I do, I, I gotta say, I think it's kind of funny that they're like, like clip arting comic pages in yeah. here. I thought that was ridiculous. It's like, remember this? Hey, do you remember your history? Do you remember how this happened? You're this. It is important, I think, that we're reminded that Nimrod is comprised of some warlock. Yeah, some warlock and some of the soul of the Orcus scientists. Sure. Partner, yeah, a little bit. You know, yeah. like, 
Eurastus. He's more than just an AI. Like yeah, there's yeah. so much more to him, which I think is an interesting kind of factor of saying, you know, do you have any compassion? Compassion? Or... Do you have any like choice or autonomy in this situation? Or is are you do you have any tools to fight your programming or are you just a blind killing machine? Yeah. I don't know if this is a benefit to Nimrod to know his, I guess, weakness, he might call it, this this moral compass provided by Warlock, mm. or the fact that as he works through things, he's being changed by the experiences. I think it's very interesting, the words that he says to Legion, just like, at the end of the day, you are meat. <laughs> you have the processing speed of meat. You cannot adapt as swiftly as me. You are outclassed. Confirmed? Confirm. <laughs> I loved it. Well, you know, you got to love some sassy Nimrod. Yeah. Nimrod the lesser. I thought that was really interesting that mother calls him that. Right. Reminds him that or maybe informs him of it the first time. Well, does she know about the greater? How would she know? I don't know. She alive during Moira's past lives? No. Not that you we don't know, know. Of, sure. You can't say no so definitively. Well, even if she was, she wouldn't have that information. You don't know that either. She's got a whole slew of memories and a whole library full of tricks. I guess. How'd she send herself back? Maybe she's always done this and she's always connected to Moira in some way. But a thousand years? A thousand years? A thousand years. Let's save Kurt. Let's break him out of jail. Let's break him out of jail and then... That, that last detail of how they take down Nimrod. I love this panel. Oh, yeah. The three of them, Reed Richards, Thor, and Iron Man taking him down with that virus that we saw, I think, what, in Sins of Sinister number one? Yeah. That's what happens. And then he happens. just, like, bloops away. Yeah, he withdraws everything, bloops away, and calls in Margali, who decapitates David. You want to talk about what happened to Joseph? Yo, and but, like, Margali... Is BFFs with Mother Righteous. Like she, yeah. like. Yeah. No, but Orc, in the the previous issues, it I was under the understanding that she made this agreement with Orcus yes. to turn everyone into monsters. Yep. But now, her and Mother Righteous are somehow involved in that. She had previously gone to Mother Righteous for some kind of deal of power. And now she's mad at Mother Righteous because of her basically turning around on Margali and saying, well, now this is better opportunity for me. Our partnership is ending. It's just like, it just twisted. It's It makes me think that Mother Righteous is somehow also working with and for Orcus. No, she's beyond Orcus. I just feel like she is playing the pieces of Orcus. To have seen how she manipulates both Nimrod and Margali throughout this, I don't think Orcus has anything that she wants. No, but I think that she's like, the way that she's making backdoor deals with Shaw, like she's making backdoor deals with Orcus too. She's sure. playing all the sides. I oh, feel. yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely true. She's definitely playing every every different angle and she is doing it for herself. She's not doing it for the benefit of Orcus. She's basically making the house of cards fall in on itself. She better like watch out. She's going to turn into Abigail Brand and she's going to think that nobody knows what she's up to, but everybody knows. Well, I think that that's part of the conversation, right? Is her hubris and just how she thinks that Legion's going to act as she is confronting everyone and steals the life essence of Margali, this 
image of her standing over her holding the hope the hope sword from nightcrawler's soul oh yeah and how about like everyone being like all right like can you just give your son back his hope and she's like nah margali's like nah i want to keep it and then mother righteous is like well i'm gonna take it right that's actually mine i'm here for the sword and i'm not giving anything anyone that they want and how is legion not dead with his head off I mean, you are an Omega-level mutant who has the ability to manifest new powers based on your multiple personalities. One of them has some kind of healing factor. But it's not healed. He's just a floating head. He's just carrying his head around. Yeah. Reality warping. That's Manipulation. That's Manipulation. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what is happening What's here? going on as we make this magic circle in the savage land? No Nemesis, more monsters. Nemesis found out that he turns into a giant fungus brain and he wants... Nothing but that for his whole life. Right. No, I'm here for that. I don't want anything else. Well, all you're getting from Mother Righteous is death as she slices through him. Yo, she just cuts him right in half. Do a little test for us. Head back to the Arbor Magna and see if you actually will kick this monstrous habit. Yeah. Do you become regular again? And he does. He gives us our fact check. Mother's in control of everything, though. She's not giving the sword away, and she's able to take down Legion and com- control him with this binding light power around him. Yeah, because he stupidly said thank you to her. Once you say thank you, that's it. He goes to pull the escape plan to ascend, essentially, to do what he had been teased with in the vision of Sinister Future. But Mother pulls a destiny. You want to see how that turns out? Yeah. It's not good for you. There's someone out there. Here, let me do it again and shove my orb in your face. There's a sinister on the other side waiting for you, which told me someone wins. How did she learn what happens to him? That was interesting. How does Mother Righteous know what happens to Legion when he tries to ascend in the Sins of Sinister timeline? Yeah, I don't know. Did she just get all the info from everything? Well, she did... Sinister did upload the information and Moira somehow reset it and took... Like, so maybe that the upload of information somehow got transferred to her as well. Like, so Sinister's knowledge. Right. Only Sinister's knowledge. That's why I was confused as to how this event, which would be outside Sinister's experience, is known by her. Unless she's the Dominion. Right. But how would she have that information now, having not yet achieved it? Because Dominion, it doesn't matter about time. That's correct. But she is not currently of the Dominion. Whoever achieves it will achieve it eventually and will exist outside of time and reality. But she, in her current form, is not that person. She's the most likely her. And I still I still think Destiny is up to some shenanigans. Oh, God. Legion pulls his actual backup plan, though. Oh, this, this I, I know. Wait, what? Just all of them, like, coming in hot and just Slicing. severing her from her orbs. Right. Like, that for me was like, oh, you can do that. Right. That's an option. You can weaken her this way. That that takes her down a peg. Like, let's do more of that, yeah. please. Legion is told that he cannot escape anything. He is bound to Mother Righteous as he throws the Hope Sword back to Nightcrawler. And in this chaos, Mother Righteous's mask comes off and her heart is revealed. Right. I, I don't know if that triggers any knowledge for anyone in the room. Because they don't really talk about it after the fact. She she takes it off almost gloating to Legion. Like standing in front of him like, oh, you know, this is what happened. And you're mine now. And they all 
had this secret plan without you even knowing. And then she's mad, and then she she gets even more mad at Nightcrawler, and then she explodes him to dust. Yeah. She's so pissed. I'm, I'm actually excited to see her this pissed. Well, it's nice to see her foiled a little. Yeah, right. She's just been winning left and right. And in the end, she's only left with four little balls. Yeah. As Nightcrawler gets reborn, sans horns... Charles seems to care about Legion's whereabouts. The fact that he finally realized that he was proud of David while also attacking him. Oh, Charles. The teased news about what Nightcrawler might need a stiff drink for before he hears about it. It's and what bad. is it? What is the news? Do it's, we actually get it? It's the murders that were teased oh, at the beginning right. okay. that Cyclops follows up in a couple pages on. Also, is this uh, in this bottom panel, is this Kate in her like, training uniform no where um i don't know that that's kate it might be it also looks like drax on the right yeah but yeah the the reborn banshee having not remembered anything this couple of panels that are do you recognize these panels i posted about it on friday thursday i don't remember they they're very like house and powersy it's house of x number seven the crucible when Nightcrawler is looking over the edge at the tower and Cyclops says exactly that's some view and Nightcrawler says it is isn't it and to know just how much he's changed when he was initially trying to set out to find this religion for the mutant people and how he's been kind of defeated left and right in his attempts and just not really feeling any encouragement and especially the the evil that is permeating on the outside of Krakoa and on yeah. their plans. This is really philosophical. Did you notice the, just seeing Weaponless Zen's painting, The Truth? Oh, yeah. That was intense. That's the hope sword, too, to have seen that. Right? It's kind of behind him to have this X on the world and how that connects to the murders that he's now going to be persecuted for. Right. Like, he's the, he's the reason that people don't trust mutants or Krakoa. One of, yeah, right? I, I love the Hope How Sword. How does he still have the sword? It, it was made from him. It's kind of like Ilyana's soul sword to have been pulled from her essence. But he puts it back inside himself. Right. That, that's so cool. I don't know how it works. I'm not upset about it. It's magic infused. And then he's like, of, Scott, I love you. I got to go. Yeah. I'm going to go be Spider-Man. Alicia doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't. But you will discover a new tangled web of action and adventure as Nightcrawler becomes Uncanny Spider-Man. This was the reasoning why Uncanny Spider-Man happens that I called. The fact that he needs to go undercover, essentially. A lot of people yeah, pointed out. Yeah, because nobody want to see his face because they're like, he's a murderer. He's a murderer. He has blue fur. He can teleport. A lot of people were saying that, you know, he's very noticeable or recognizable. And I don't know that he is. I mean, like, we know him because we're the reader. So we see him all the time. But how much does the general public know this one particular mutant. I mean, his tail is pretty recognizable. There's a bunch of people with tails. Everybody got tails. No, who else has a tail? 30 seconds to name one person. What? Who else has a tail? Stegron. Who is that? Sauron has a tail. Who else has a tail and a body shape like Nightcrawler? Tons None. of people. Tons of people. None people. people. Look them up. You look them up. <laughs> just, this was, whoa. I just felt like this was... This was big. I, I get what you're saying that it was a lot of hullabaloo, but it was big for the character stories. Yeah. 
It just was a lot. Yeah, and it just almost disguised as not much. You know, it's just for the story of Nightcrawler and of a Legion and how they both are teed up to be these important figures that Mother Righteous called Legion the key to her victory and Krakoa called Nightcrawler the key to their potential survival that, that he needed to be able to live. Yeah, well, that's without... why they're the sons of X. Right? I just feel like that's an interesting... This feels like a good end to season two of Psy's work. Where I think the onslaught initiative, imperative, whatever, onslaught revelation, that's the one, was season one. Ah, seasons. There's so many connections. Like, I'm not sure if it's my favorite issue of the week, but it tells such a great interconnected story with what's being set up in Immortal. Just all of these really talking about the full world story, which I feel like often is missing from some of the different titles as they're telling their own stories. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I finished reading it a second time, I wanted to read it again already. Oh, my goodness. Any other big thoughts from you? No, I'm just glad I understood what happened. Do you feel better about it now after talking about it? Yeah. And I, I definitely, like, I got the gist of it after I finished it. I was like, okay, the important takeaways here are that Nimrod has self-doubt and disappears uh mother righteous is not as strong as she seems as strong as she thinks she is at least. she's been thwarted in some way david's definitely gonna have a role in fi- fighting for <clears throat> krakoa and we understand now why nightcrawler is gone right um and we have another sort of factor in the the fall yeah, like why is everyone against Krakoa? Another notch on the we framed Krakoa belt. For Another August. Django block missing as the tower soon falls. Yeah, that. Yeah. Diago SF ADM said, will there be more Legion after Sons of X? And that's a big question that we're left with at the end is Legion takes himself off the board, essentially. Yeah. Without anybody knowing and seemingly not knowing how to bring him back. The fact that Charles and I love how Charles and Emma are just there with no explanation. We get it in Immortal, but they're just there. It's like, hey, what are you doing out of the pit? Yeah. How would you get over here? How you get out of here? And no, no hope, no exodus, no mention of the council or their power or anything like that. Just concern over David and only at the end, which I thought was really interesting. I hope he'll be back. I think he'll be back, especially with this tease of his power and his importance. Oh, I think he'll be back. But. I'm not sure how deep Mother's yeah. Thanks extends. Does it take you after resurrection somehow? I don't know. Will she have to be defeated without Legion on the board? But like in the cutting of those threads that attach her balls, like every one that is cut, I feel like severs the this power she has over some entity. Yeah. Like right. those seem to be how she encapsulates the power she has over people and the more people that thank her the bigger they the more she has and so i don't know if that somehow severed that for david or i don't know vaderino said kurt's panel leaving that office at the beginning is such a good reference to x2 
the opening scene from X2, arguably yeah. the best scene in X-Men history. I will die on this hill. Is that no, the one where he's in the... The, the White House? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's being controlled by Stryker. And, yeah. Yeah. I, no need to die on that hill, Vaderino. We yeah, that's a, fully that's agree. Amazing. That is an amazing scene. This book was full of twists and turns. Such a good closer on the whole arc. And finally, someone humbles Mother Righteous, which yes. I, I feel like that was important it's to see. So important because we don't want to see her. Just like it's not interesting running. if she's always right. winning. Right. Curl said, did Mum Righteous just make Nimrod even more unstoppable? He learns and adapts. And now he knows how he can be taken out. She's leveled the playing field. Right. Ooh, to, to show him to what say, they this do. This is your weakness. Right. This is how you die. You know, did she ask Nimrod, what would you have done differently? And then gives him this information. Maybe. And the fact that he didn't thank her. Right. I don't know how that extends to androids. Maddie MKM wondered, can I read Sons without having finished Legion? Does it feel like required reading overall? Which I thought were really interesting questions, which, you know, Maddie and I were going back and forth about it because I don't know if it's required reading. I thought it was good. I thought it definitely builds explicitly off of the Legion of X story and would be kind of hard to jump into without that. Yes. But I don't know that at the end of the day, if I would feel anything happening going forward I, that I wouldn't know what was going on, except for Nightcrawler being Spider-Man, which you would get at the recap page of Uncanny Spider-Man. Well, the the murders, like the use of Nightcrawler to murder people is probably going to be a factor. Sure. And the... The stuff about Nimrod, I feel. And I just feel like we're not going to bring up the Warlock connection and show you these pages of Doug and Warlock without that having to be at the forefront of your mind for a specific reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially with Doug being the focus of, I think, the next issue of Immortal X-Men. Yeah. So I feel like potentially could be just explained in other issues, but those few things do feel like... Which is why I said kind of, you know, it was very resonant to character arc stories, but not really changing of the big picture, right? It just seeds some characters with some more potential. I I love what Fake Torta said. Not really a question, but I never thought so hard on who I thanked during my life as this week. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Right? Who has power over me because I've thanked them for whatever, whatever. Yeah. Are you ready for the final book, the book of the week? Was it, was it your book of the week? Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Am I ready? I don't know. Ooh. Yes, no, maybe. Yes is the <laughs> answer. Yeah, no, I am. I'm ready. This cover, fierce as hell. Oh, Storm. Come on. Oh, Storm. You can do no wrong in my eyes, even though Your girl you has some words. have some valid points made against you in this issue. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So let's get in. All right, here we go. Page, turn, noise. For us, the chief point of interest is the place where the game is played. Generally, it is a simple circle. Dayut tamandalam, drawn on the ground. The circle, as such, however, has a magic significance. It is drawn with great care, all sorts of precautions being taken against cheating. Johann Huizinga, Homo Ludens, A Study of the Play Element in Culture. Oh, man, oh, man. Magic and circles and play and playing by the rules. And some visitation rights to Krakoa's lovely prison 
down in the pit. <laughs> Storm, the jailer, Doug, the warden, Krakoa, the cell itself, and Rasputin, the ever-serving guard. She's going to pull them up from the pit one at a time and psychically secure them all. Oh, I just, I love Storm's look. Oh, this. yeah. Just the way Lucas draws most Anyone? ex-women. Yeah. Even Rasputin. Yeah. Like, yeah. Between Russell Dodderman and Lucas Verdeck, I can't see a bad drawing of the women that I love. Yeah. But even the guys, too. They're not looking too shabby. Sure. This disdain for Xavier. How, how much were you cheering? I mean... His hubris, calling all of it out. It, it was an interesting read on their history, taking the exchange that was her initial recruitment and even some of the seated disdain for how Xavier runs things in the X-Men throughout Claremont's run and putting words, very specific words to it and, and kind of calling out Xavier for his arrogance. Yeah, well, I time. think it's important that it's brought up that he he feels so strongly about his dream being the right answer that he very rarely has any ability to allow for another thought to come in, you know? And it's like he says what he wants is for, you know, acceptance and, and mutual respect between humans and mutants, but he only can see his way of doing it. Mm. And that's a problem. And Storm is just like, I don't, like, you're always forcing everybody to see things your way and clearly you need to realize that that's not the case well, that's not the way it's interesting to that point specifically Krakoa is a representation of his way bending in some way yeah yeah to a small extent in relation to the grander council seats around the table but to embrace some ideologies of Magneto's approach to really work within the information provided from Moira. This is a Charles changed of his initial base dream, but we all know, especially reaffirmed in Inferno, he still believes it. Right. He still hopes for it. Right. So they're going to go see Forge. Uh, yeah. Just the, the, the paradise, building a paradise versus seeing yourself as a goddess to take essentially being against Xavier's work on Krakoa, this this ego that he has to be able to do this, and the fact that he is now working to secure Krakoa, the conversation of who has been there for what and when threads throughout the entire issue, putting the blame on different parties here and there. Right, well, because throughout this whole issue, essentially what's happening is they're being... They're coming face to face with the flaws and the fallout of like the negative things that either happen in this future that no longer exists or how they got here. And instead of as a group, as a council, taking responsibility for the fact that they all played a part in this in some way, like they're supposed to be a unified front. They're supposed to be, you know, good at communicating and to be watching out for Krakoa as a whole. But this issue is really bringing to the forefront like everybody has their own ulterior motives and everyone is to blame here. Yeah. But nobody wants to own up to their, you know, their role. Their in own this. schemes. Yeah. They, everyone just wants to blame someone else. Yeah. And, and to not talk about like I understand why they put their votes on ice later on. Well, yeah. But at the same time, these four specifically are not the ones that you want to take off the table. Well, I think that they're not taking them off. Like they're saying like 
you could still participate in the conversation. You could still offer your opinion. But your vote means but nothing. But your vote is It's not. the vote. That's, um, I mean, it's the vote. But it, it is and it isn't. Because like, you could have something... sway. Like You could sway someone's opinion or change their vote based on what you're going to say. Sure. But that's something we didn't call out at the end of Sons of X and something that is like the big point of the concern. Nightcrawler gives his vote to Storm. And we find out something else about Storm's vote here. Yes. As to who controls it. So the fact right. that we have lost democracy by the end of this issue. Right. Is my point of concern. Right. But it's I don't think it has to do with just those four. Like it just has to do with taking four people off the council. I think those four in particular. If you took Mystique and Destiny and Shaw <clears throat> and Colossus off the council, it'd be a very different result at the end of the day if you were to hold a vote. Right. But if you took... But... Colossus, they don't know what we know about Colossus. Sure. So. But Mystique and Destiny, you know. Right. And Shaw, who cares what he has to say? Mother Righteous. Title page. Sins don't wash away. This is a really great recap page in that pulls in a lot of the overall perspective, especially with Mother Righteous's plans on full display for the reader. But it's part 11, A Hard Rain, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Lucas Wernock, colors David Curiel, letters Clayton Coles. VCs Clayton Coles. Mark Brooks killing it left and right on the cover. I do want to shout out, what is it, Stephanie Hans? Yes. I went to another comic shop the other day to get... The variant of Storm with the the light, lightning, and just getting lost in the it's weather amazing. is so beautiful. I needed to have it. And I, I went back and forth when I was in the shop on Wednesday, and I didn't end up getting it, and I regretted it. So you went back and got it somewhere else. Yeah. Forge's machine. What does it say? What's what? the Krakoan in the bubble? Tell me you translated it. Oh, no, I didn't. <gasps> uh, what does that say? That's an A in the second position. That's a, a D, D, A, N. Danger? G, E, R. Yeah, danger. Danger? Danger. I think just the danger. I don't know if it's danger of the character or just the danger of what they're trying to do here as Forge is trying to rid the four Quiet Council members of their sinister infestation. Which is... This is a very complex situation. It's a very... And I'm not going to pretend like I understood what any of this meant. Well, sure. It's a very complex situation that is solved really quickly. Well, just the like, it's a, it's in your DNA, but it's hidden, but we can find it. Oh, but yeah, it, yeah. Like, Especially the, the specifics the on the... quote unquote science yeah, behind it, it There's all, no science I don't about understand it, right. it fully. It's genetic loop wormholing in your yeah, DNA. Yeah, like, like the idea that it's exists in their dna outside time and space i was like wait what oh man what this quote before we get to the data page going in that sometimes it's easy to remember why we were together and i had just said to you the other day how storm and forge had been a thing yeah and you were like yeah Yeah, that's a thing right right oh just just forge wanting to clean up after someone else's mess because really with and you've read life death number one I think that's what they're talking about here, right? Yeah. Forge feeling the regret as to how his machines have been used in the past and especially to affect Aurora and to be able to save the day when she asks for it here. Yes. I thought that was really It's a cool. good redemption arc. Yeah. The results, though, as we find, are still untested. We don't know exactly if you're free of the sinister strain. Right. We think we did it, but we don't know for how sure. How would we even find out? Storm's anger throughout the issue is so intense. Like the lightning 
on the side of her face as she's talking to Exodus and Charles. Yeah. I mean, she... Because she's about to show them everything and but, she's already watched it. Right, right. So she already knows like all the things that unfold and Which like I I get her anger, but I think that it's a little misplaced in the sense that you understand that all that happened because of Sinister. Right. That th- this was not these four people. Even the hope and exodus that we get later right. on. Would that have happened if it was just Exodus and Hope and not a sinisterized version of themselves? Well, I think that's what's difficult is like separating both the Storm two. and that all of these four are seeing themselves in this place and they they don't know like right now in this moment they can't feel the sinister influence. So they don't know like how, how much of this choice is theirs and how much is sinister's and Or how much it changed them. Right. Or yeah, or how much of that was already in them. I just feel like there's a lot of unknown and also I feel that what's happening here is a lot of shame. That's what I was saying, is like there's a lot of passing the blame because nobody wants to or can bring themselves to terms with what happened. Yeah. You know, like Storm is upset about everything that went down and I think she is taking it out on them a little bit and like but then the hope and exodus thing is like also it comes out of fear right like sure. people become angry when they're afraid and we don't know and when they they're... feel betrayed too right. especially by someone that they thought they should trust and they're saying listen we we are getting the sinister out of you but we don't know if we fully did so now we also have this resting fear that this thing could happen because we have seen that it has happened yeah this was such a good issue. Yeah. Just the 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 movie time of it all yeah. coming up. Hey, I... let's watch Sins of Sinister. Like making them actually sit through and experience each of the moments rather than getting that high level telepathic download, making it resonate. Right. I loved that the reasoning was like confront you need your to actions. Feel this. Yeah. You need to see it and you need to process it and you need to feel it and you don't need to just have it downloaded into your brain. Like right. you need to experience it so that you're not just ending up with the knowledge, but that you're taking the time to process how and why we got here while you're watching it in real time. Yeah. It's intense. It's again, this moment makes me think of okay, this is what you would do if you were a madman geneticist. Yeah. You know, like it's it's not them, but it's them. Right. And but that's it's not like them. what's interesting about Hope getting so upset at Exodus and and you know, cause she's like, I thought that we were in this together and you right. call me your Messiah and then you and then you use the Messiah of it all to sacrifice me to be like, this is what people need their Messiah to die so that they can. So that they go on know? without and, and her. And she's yeah. like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done with this. Like, oh, this if fight. this is where this uh, is going to lead, yeah. like, I don't want any part of this anymore. I do. I want all of it. Let's see it. <laughs> Before we get there, it's time to confront Destiny. Just trying to see, hey, let's use Charles's power as backup and really <laughs> talk through What's going on with Destiny? Having seen everything that happened or or what could happen, having been steering the ship essentially to get to that potential future and confronting why that future. Right. But like, you know, it is a really good question, Destiny. Like you couldn't say anything. You couldn't do anything. And like the thing that sucks is that Destiny always has this loophole of being like, well, if I told you, right. then this other thing would have happened. You know what I mean? Like right. she can just say like, well, I did it because of the future and I had to. And it's like. It, it's very you, mysterious and whimsical. You know you're lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are out for your own. You have always been a villain. 
Right. You know, let's not let's downplay that. Let's not pretend that. that you're not. And then her being like, the meeting is over. We're not discussing this. I anymore. love that panel. The meeting is over. I posted that the other day. Is that Friday energy. Just the meeting ends now. Storm, you don't get to say. You that. don't understand, Storm. There is some craziness happening above Krakoa as these two <laughs> council members are trying to kill each other, even though they're publicly known to be BFFs, you know, best buds, and the this, mutant religion. Yeah, and like the people of Krakoa, like they don't know. Like, all of the things. They don't know all the things. They don't know, they about, don't know Moira. about Sins of Sinister. <laughs> you know, yeah. They don't know that they've been that this timeline has been reset. Sure. They probably know minimal about the deaths of the council members to begin with. Oh, and yeah. The murders that happened in the council chamber. So right. like to see these two up there going at it full force, you're like, that's concerning. What's going on? You're drawing attention that doesn't need to be drawn right now. Right. Right. And to call them out. Uh, there was a steal this planet on Twitter made a really interesting thread about the the God complexes that are woven throughout everyone mm. on the council and just how they're viewed and how they view each other and just these egos and the importance of the even this panel of oh it's a couple pages ahead of everyone viewing Exodus and Hope fight. It, it just it makes them feel bigger than or above everyone. Yeah. And they're almost worshipped. They're looked up to. Just really interesting. Yeah. But, it also interesting that in the fight between Exodus and Hope, the tower is in the background. Yeah. Right. You know, and like it's that fully, thing keeps popping up. And it's fully, fully restored. Formed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it wasn't in Sons of X and hasn't been since Legion. But we yeah. get a surprise visitor. Mystique and Mother Righteous. Oh my God! This okay, okay. Let me fierce. let me say a couple of things. Yeah. One, I live for this art and these panels and the look in Mystique's eye as Mother Righteous is sneaking up on her and the surprise in Mother Righteous's face mm-hmm. when Mystique is like, "Nah, nah." I heard you before you even came in. But then, um, can we talk about the sexual nature of this last panel where Mystique is like, I'm going to cut your face. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit, it's a little sexy, sexy. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying. I just think that that's the nature of these people and their costumes too. You know, I just. I don't know. They're boob to boob. There's, there's a. Sure. But then. Wearing these costumes the way that they are, and Mystique being as forward and aggressive as she is, like this. But it's yeah, it's just a mood change from the "I'm choking you" to "I'm slightly caressing your face with this knife." Sure, I'm not. It's not a bad thing. No, I'm not saying that it is. I just don't know that I see what you're saying. I saw it. It was sexy. <sighs> Mystique. So the, the intel that Mother Righteous is delivering is a message for destiny, but Mother specifically Righteous about a, Mystique. She's and, a dirty, dirty biscuit. And what's gone on in the timeline that has since been removed. What Destiny's moves were trying to accomplish. She's essentially just laying it out there for Mystique to say, hey, Destiny did all this because she wanted to keep you alive. Which, she's I mean... giving Mystique the the secrets. Right. And, and we led to this point because of... Destiny saying to Aurora, you're not the person I'm trying to keep things from. Right. It's all about Mystique, which I get. And especially we find that Mystique did not want to live a life in a cage. Right. Right. But 
at the same time, I think that she would understand a little bit of the compassion of her wife wanting to save her for as long as she could. And But I don't know. Mystique's a complicated woman. That's an understatement. Sure. Murder mommies for the win. <laughs> the Omega optics on this fight as Hope, Exodus, and Storm, all Omega-level mutants, duking it out in the sky. I like, too, that Storm is like, yeah, I blasted them with lightning, but to them, it's like nothing. And to me, it felt good to just unleash a little bit. Yeah, she's, she's like a... Uh, High tension. called? Like a rage room. They're right, having right. a rage room right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, just, just smashing some stuff. Get their feelings out. But hey, uh, let's let's just be aware of everybody watching. Is this how you want to be seen? And I, Hope's like, oh. oh, yeah, maybe you're right, but I'm still going to drop kick Exodus in the face. I don't know that I knew that Hope could remove people's powers like this to yeah. be able to manipulate powers in this way and to essentially make them both baseline humans to an extent with their mm. training, right? Because Exodus all smiles saying, hey, I'm four times your size, girl. And she's like... <laughs> I, was, I grew up with my dad. Right. I was trained by cable in a post-apocalyptic future, killing people left and right as a child. <laughs> she totally kicks his butt. She yeah. totally takes him down. I oh. love it so much. And just the no words, but Storm has all the words. Regret, shame, anger. To know that Hope is the most affected by this, seemingly. She is the most willing to change because of this experience. Because I feel like she also believes... I don't, I don't want to say that they all do because all four of these people believe in the promise of Krakoa in different ways. But I feel like she f- feels the burden of Krakoa in an interesting way, being the leader of the five, being this younger mutant trying to rise up with everyone and be a part of this society. Right. But I feel and I feel also that hope is acknowledging like we're as the rest of them are saying yeah but we had sinister in us so mm." and emma brings up like i've been a villain before so it makes sense that girl is who i am it makes sense that the sinister in me brought out my bad side but the best side. hope yeah but hope is like the only one who's reacting in a way of like this is what I became. I I turned into this and I don't want to turn into that. And yeah. I need to completely separate myself from anything that has brought me down that path and clearly aligning myself and allowing Exodus to put me up on this pedestal is putting me into a, a trajectory that I don't want to go down. And like even without the sinister like aspect of it all, there has been a change in hope since yeah. she got on the council well, the and responsibility. she became well but also I think a negative change like her she's huh. getting a little like bit of a big head since Exodus has been like you're the messiah you're amazing I agree with that. you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even even the the way that in her issue the way that she not manipulates the room but is right. is very upfront of this is what I'm saying why I'm saying for this effect right and I think that she saw in that alternate future that that could take her down a dark path and she's like you know what i don't want to do that i'm sorry that that even happened and i need to figure out how i don't do that where what i think that that's what storm wanted to see from everybody she wanted to see how do we accept that this is what we have done and make sure that nothing like that can happen now and hope's the only one who i'd agree that 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 was the thing that i was calling out is that she is the only one that's making that change or at least making that effort as arako calls 
Lotus Logos is like, hey, uh, the empty seat will be empty no more when Aurora comes. Come to work, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like closing out what or, or teeing up what will be the next issue as we wonder, what, what happened with Max? What happened with Magneto? <laughs> and the complicated relationship that Aurora feels for Charles just the the wanting to to reach out to call out for the pain that he's going through but also being fed up with all the things that he's saying and all doing. the charles of it right right even emma <laughs> emma's like well he's a prick yeah <laughs> and and i think like in that instance it's like i understand where you know storm wants to see a change in them but at the same point like so what did you want emma to be like not herself not like? herself or not be mad at Charles or not just think Charles is a jerk like you wanted her to change because that's when she says that when she was like when she's like uh why waste an insult on him when I can cut to the chase and just say well he's a prick and then Storm's all sad like oh she'll never change and it's like well it's hard to you, you can't expect or force upon everybody to change who they are at their core and especially this conversation that follows is i've been a villain most of my life you know i do things because i do them for the reasons i want to not because i'm influenced by a holier power amongst me i am if not a villain someone who's out for themselves and the children my children specifically right the ones i deem to be my children Emma call out though. Oh the, my god. No thrones on Arako, and you end up worshipped as some kind of distaff King Arthur. Right. Is that irony or is it just your subtext becoming text? Methinks the monarch protests too much. Oof. To, to just use I don't want to say use, but in, in an intentional way to say no no thrones but also i am the savior and the person holding the ship together and rebelling against all the the darkness that's inside trying to see the light on the other side i mean it, it's all really important stuff that's going on on Araco. right i think that the meat of what you know is important about what emma's saying is that yeah she's throwing shade and she's saying like oh you're you're, she's not wrong right you know you're you're so amazing on Araco, but the real thing that emma's saying is like you are doing too much and you're not focusing like emma's bringing up the point that i was saying which is like we're all to blame here like you can't don't Look s- at us and judge us and say that this was our fault and act like you are holier than thou and have no no factor in how this went awry. Like if you had been here right. the- when we were becoming the sinister army, like it's just it's the line of the fact that you were yourself every point of it, and it took you five years to see that something was wrong. Right. Because of how not present you are on the council. Right. And it's just, you can't say that one thing over another, if this was supposed to be her leaving this to go to Araco, that should have been handled at some point, but right. that was never part of the conversation. I think but it's it, like, yeah, okay, so Araco was destroyed and she spent those first five years trying to rebuild, you know, rebuild and unite it and, and assumed that things were all okay with the council, but not, her absence is really what Emma is bringing up is like, you are upset with us, but you're not here. You're not here right, to help. Right. So like 
even if I was changed the way you wanted me to be, I'm still doing this with all these other people against me and you're not here doing anything because you're off on Morocco. It's interesting. So uh, in Karen's newsletter, he was talking about how Storm has largely been absent from his Immortal X-Men run because she's been a main character in X-Men Red Mm -hmm. and that is her narrative, right? right? The fact that she has not been written by Kieran and he's using that to his narrative advantage as a a sticking point between everyone. The fight continues in the background as we catch up with Shaw and Mother Righteous doing some future dealings for Krakoa. I think that it's really interesting that we know and we've been teased on the fact that there's there's a lot to do with Kate coming up and we know that Jerry has mentioned that we're going to talk about Kate and the Gates and the way that Mother Righteous is so intrigued with how exactly the Gates work. Sure, yeah. For me it was like, why why is she bringing up, you know, just admiring it, lovely work, a nice piece, a load of magic circles connecting the world. Interesting. Like just her, like, one, yeah, that's an easy way to just take over everything. But two, just her admiring the structure and then this conversation of, ma- like, bringing up the word magic. And there's yeah. always this kind of play of how does magic factor into mutantdom and where's the line? And-, and how am I in control of it all? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. And she clearly is a magic wielder of sorts. Right. That, no, that's her whole thing right. is that she has been pursuing magical means. That's her connection to Celine. Yeah, what? Right? Well, I mean, she that was in the first couple of issues of Immortal. Was yeah, but that... I didn't know that was her who played into that. Oh, that was talked about in the issue of, of Shaw's Immortal issue was that Selena had been contacting Mother Righteous from an old Hellfire Club location, and oh. he found that and used that as a conduit to then do his own business with Mother Righteous. And he's continuing that business to, he wants Krakoa. I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, but he I wants, love him. I know. I, I love to hate him. Yeah, sure. I don't love him at all. Like, I just, he is a, I like Mother Righteous because just her craziness and, and what she'll do. We'll see if she sticks around for much longer, but I don't like Shaw. This is, this is true to character though. This is the guy that from his start has been funding Sentinels, you know? Right. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. He's like a mutant, but like, is he? He's a capitalist before mutant. You know, he does not care about the mutant people. He cares about himself and his pocketbook. Yeah, that's true. His bottom line. (laughs) Days later, in that same newsletter, Kieran said that what we're about to read in X-Men Red is what happens in those days. Oh. So what, what brings Aurora to this point is what we see. And I think it's ironic. I almost posted this today, and I think I might still, that Aurora is saying, I can't be in two places at once. I can't do all this stuff. And then the preview pages for X-Men Red next week is her going on a date or, or having some kind of diplomatic meeting, but in a sexy dress. Well, you know, Betsy just put on a sexy dress to go get what she wanted from Tony. Sure, so. sure. It's all part of diplomacy and, and working the job, but I don't know. I think it's ironic to, to say, I can't, I can't go to work and then go on a date. Yeah. As she comes to the quiet council chamber and is seemingly talking to herself, but 
there's someone else there. We don't see who because all the chairs are empty. Wanting someone to have her back when she's not there. Someone to be able to have her vote or votes when right, she's because, not there. So she has Nightcrawler's vote. So now Colossus has three all votes. All three votes. Yes. And <clears throat> as we know, Colossus is not in charge of Colossus. Yeah. He is still. I, I just wrote Colossus because <laughs> this last panel. Oh, I, yeah, you can rely on me. It's can so I? it's so perfect. It's so like these these last panels of Colossus, all from the last couple months, last year or so. It feels like it's been on ice for a little while, but it's really just been building in the background. Yeah, it's just coming. It's coming in hot. In Colossus, we trust the tease for next issue that that Colossus v Kate cover. Ugh. I do you, love that cover. What'd you think? I. Oh, God. I mean, it's interesting because obviously Storm's my girl. And I understand that someone needs to kind of be like, whoa, listen, we need a reset. And like when you put all four of those other council members in the pit and Kurt's like, I'm out, you know, and you're in this situation that it's it makes sense for Storm to step up. But I do think that. She's being a little harsh on the present day council members in throughout. Yeah. Like their ability to control what has happened because of Sinister instead of being like, listen, you know, she is saying like, listen, we need to acknowledge that this this was our potential future and we need to remedy that. But she's just coming from a place of assuming that they're all going to make the same choices now that they've seen this. Right. She's coming from a place of having been hurt and wronged and wanting more and better. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because she has become part of Arako, but there's still the division between Krakoa and Arako. They're not really unified entities. They're very much separate entities. And I think Storm really wants them to be unified or in her heart they're unified, but they're not. And I think that's kind of what Emma is bringing up is being like, these are, you can't do both because these are not aligned. These two places are not aligned. And I think, you know, she probably also is coming from a place of hurt and disappointment in herself because she also feels like what Emma said is true and she can't like deal with the fact that she let Krakoa down in that way. She even says, the fact that Emma lashed out, she was attacking, but also there was truth to her words. So to right. recognize that in herself, she's doing the work. She's being affected in the same way that she's hoping that the other members will be. It's just, is it too little too late? Is she not doing enough with it? Is it just the predicament of everything? And what I think is interesting is like, you know, we're obviously going to find out in X-Men Red what happens in the the days between. Yep. But... Knowing that she's so upset about what has happened and where Krakoa has gone and knowing that she then still chooses Arako. It's, and the, like, it's the Genesis War. But she has, she knows that there's like the Night Seats and the Fisher King and all of these things who are there for Arako. So what is it that happens that makes her be like, even though I'm wary of how these four council members are actually going to be able to serve Krakoa, I'm going to choose to leave Krakoa in the hands of other people. Like, she's not learning from her own mistake, which is 
kind of needing to be weird to me that like especially she says like okay emma called me out and so instead of when she's like i can't be in two places at once the place that she chooses to be is Arako. yeah and that's interesting to me don't get me wrong i love storm and Arako. i love her role as the region of soul and all that happens there i think there's more weight to Arako, right as the the capital of soul as this group of mutants that have gone through all this trauma, all this in, endured, all this this challenge from their however many years that they were in Amenth and in other worlds or through other worlds. And I just feel like she needs to be there or feels that she needs to be there as a leader in their crumbles. Like they fell apart before Krakoa. Right. And I mean, I'm sure she has some sense of responsibility because of everything that happened with Iska. Yeah. But in this situation, especially with like the threat of Orcus and knowing the council where Sins of Sinister took them, it feels like Krakoa is really the place that is in need of her support right now. And she's not choosing them. It's every which way. And then I feel like that's why she's saying... I, I need to come to you. I feel it. You know, she is always called Colossus, her little brother. You know, yeah. they have a bond. They were on the giant size team together, have been teammates and friends and family for decades. So to, to feel as though she can trust this person and that she's not abandoning the council because she feels like, okay, you've got my back. You're a good person. I'm sorry. I don't know about your terrible dealings. I know, but it's like the storm, like, you did. This is what you did in that movie future that you watched. Right, right. You, you left abandoned. Krakoa to yeah. go deal with Arako and this unfolded and you're in everybody's face like you need to change. You need to make different choices and she's not making different choices. And this is a real struggle for me as a Storm fan and as an X-Men Red fan because I want to see Storm prevail in X-Men Red and on Arako like she's doing. But it's hard for me to rationally look at the way that she's laying out this need for change and agree and with she's what not she's making doing. Right. the change. Yeah. yeah. No, this was so good. And and just such a great peek into the mind of Storm and as she's wrestling with these responsibilities. Because this is Arako is a huge responsibility. Yeah. And as they're trying to establish that, it's much younger than Krakoa trying to establish itself on Earth. Right. The the council is dead, right? Like just yeah. the, the foreboding nature of Colossus, Mikhail manipulated, having three votes, and then just all the worst other people in the world. It's just everybody against Kate, essentially. Right. So because Xavier, Exodus, Hope, and Emma don't have votes. Sinister's off the council. Sinister's off the council. Nightcrawler. Off the council. Gave his vote to Storm, who won't be there for whatever impending vote that needs to happen that Shaw wants. So the people who can vote are Colossus, Kate, Shaw, Mystique, and Destiny? Yes. Yeah, Kate's in trouble. She's the only moral voice. And I wonder how Rasputin will feel if she's there, which she should be, right? She's the guard for the Sinister Four. Right. And to see, essentially, the the promise of Krakoa fall before her eyes. Yeah. I just, I but really... I feel this is this could also really play into the reason that Kate shifts gears so intensely. Well, she's got to abandon it, right? Because right. She she's sees got to be fall. like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, I'm out. I have to go into the shadows because everybody's coming for me. Or right. Yeah. No. This it made me really sad 
just about how it's definitely all falling apart. The pieces are there for governmental and then societal collapse. The, just too many individuals after their own goals and no one really coming together for the island that we all built. I think that's sort of been the struggle of the council the whole time is that they were appointed and they all have their own ideas of yeah. what Krakoa should be and they've never really worked but that's, together. But that's been the drama of Immortal X-Men, right? right? You exactly. know, that, that's been the juicy bits that make it an interesting story. Michael Fox said that Colossus will be the one to watch during the fall of X, sadly. Yeah. You know, his moves are going to set the tone for what's to come. Comic Extract said that this all makes Sins of Sinister feel more complete. Right. Right? It just to ripple out to the other side and to have it lead in on nine and 10 from immortal and really build into it. I just, I thought it was good. Oh, I loved it. Regarding Layla Miller, both her and mother righteous went to a future, saw it, then went back with that knowledge and informed themselves to change the future. The cool thing about this is that the further you get from sins of sinister, the less useful her knowledge becomes because the timeline diverges after the fall. I bet she will be on her own. She will know a lot of tricks and have a lot of institutional knowledge, but she won't have the future sight that she expressed with David this week, right? She she only has so many tricks in right. her bag to be able to use against people and to manipulate people. And that's why she's making that play for David's power. Right. And for Nimrod's control. And, and Daniel basically went through this council vote check that we were just doing. It might be fun to track going forward and compare to the past Four no votes. Mikhail has three via Peter. Destiny and Mystique have two. Kate has her own. And then Shaw is working for Mother Righteous. <laughs> oh, Shaw. Kid Wolf said, PJ said that it's looking more and more like the Dominion in Sins might be a sinister fusion, like a trickster black hole science stuff, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. The, the, the trickster god that sent back Omega Red, there's a lot of calls for that being involved for who oh. might have that power, yeah. Curls is on the vote of thinking that Dominion sister Sinister is OG Sinister. Like he must be learning how to ascend from the four and somehow combine, right? We talked about that oh, last week. Oh, interesting. Is it some reconstituted, rebuilt Sinister to have seen the ghost call from the beginning? I just need to know who the ghost is. It's driving me bonkers. It's Sinister. It's the future Sinister. It's himself. You know, it's outside time and space. <laughs> Vaderino's first quote was just, ah, with so many H's. But on a serious note, this is brilliant setup for the council to be in shambles. Literally half the council can't vote. Two of them are comprised by villains. Storm is pulled into other directions. That leaves Kate to save the day versus the murder mommies who only care about their own selfish interests. Pack it up. We're doomed, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Emma's read on Storm was the best kind of read. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard. It, it, yeah, it's true. It's just hard. Warline said it's funny how the last X-Force issue t Storm was right about Emma and in Immortal X-Men, Emma was right about Storm. Calling Xavier arrogant is hilarious, considering that she's the only hero X-Man who calls herself a goddess when technically she's not one. And I think that's interesting because I don't know that she she has referred to herself as a goddess, but I think the ideology from that came from the people that she was worshipped by, essentially, in Africa. Right. And I feel like she often says, like, goddess in that, like, goddess. that is her, like, higher entity that she Connect, calls connecting to. Connecting to Mother Nature. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
But it, it is interesting. It's a, an interesting battle of, of ego and hubris. Well, right, because you could look at literally any character and be like, oh, they're too full of themselves. Sure, especially an Omega-level mutant. Right. Barusu33 loves Storm, but it was good to see her getting called out. She loves being revered. Stop pretending. Stop pretending that you're doing everything right. right? And that's the thing, too, about the call-out is that I feel like because it's Emma and because of the way she said it, it's very much like a listen, Storm. I love you, but like you also have fault in you, this. You, you know, in it, you in it as well. Like right? it wasn't, it wasn't Emma being like, "Girl, this is your fault." She was like, "Girl, we all and we all had a hand in this. You yeah. need to take ownership too. You can't just stand there and judge us." Right. JPV Cavalcanti said that Emma is correct about Storm. She needs to get off this pedestal she's put herself on. I think that, that's that's what we're leaning towards. It's like, hey, you know, we all love Storm. Everyone loves Storm. But also you can have faults and, and read it wrong right. at the same time. A hundred percent. Bantel tale, Emma dropping truth bombs, or is she just trying to cope with Sinister getting one over her? Right? Is she is she really mad about what Aurora's doing? Or is it a mix of what Nathaniel had already done to her? I don't think that she's I don't know if saying like she's mad about what Aurora's doing is a thing. I think she's acknowledging that, yeah, I had some sinister in me, but let's not, I'm not going to like hide the fact that I have villainous qualities. And so you also need to own up to the fact that you weren't here. And it feels more like a let's be real and acknowledge the situation in the instant instead of. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. Yeah. Yeah. Is Molly Towie taking it a step further? I get Storm and Emma have history. They do. But imagine if they became the new Charles and Eric. Yeah, let's go. My dream. I'm here for that. Right, right. One billion percent. I fully endorse that message. These different dichotomies, these different coin sides that are being drawn. Destiny and Moira has always been front of mind as opposites of the same big picture and now seeing Storm and Emma as opposite sides of the council conversation. It's really interesting. The Pikachu, was Storm enjoying telling off the Sinister Four a bit too much? I, I, mean, I think a little. You yeah. got to serve it up, right? You do, but you also have to know like... You are a you leader are and they are your peers, right? Yeah. You Ooh. can't solve a problem by like... Blaming. Shoving someone's mistakes in their face, sure. you know, you need to be like, okay, we made a mistake. Like, let's all own we up. Move on from this. Yeah. Not like, look at this, you dummies. You did it. That's it. That's all. That's the big ones. Oh gosh, golly. That was solid. Those those two issues. Two issues were great. So good. I mean, Scarlet Witch was good too for Scarlet Witch, and then the free comic book day was a. What? That was great. That was yeah. great. Yeah. And that might like be... very, oh dear, oh goodness, oh gravy. It's I'm, all burning down. Hold on to your butts. We're in trouble. Yeah. I just, I'm not excited about the fall, but I'm interested in the stories. Yeah. I'm just going to be in denial the whole time. Yeah, I guess. Do you know what's next week? We got th- Not at all. We got three next week. One three. of them I've mentioned a couple times. <laughs> X-Men Red. X-Men Red number 11. Wolverine number 33. Okay. Not written by Ben, which I thought was interesting. What? Yeah. A little fill-in, maybe a little backstory of something. And then Rogue and Gambit number three. Oh, well, I am interested to kind of... Figure out. Character building aside from Rogue and Gambit, I am interested to know like who the 
mystery villain is and how this is connecting to what's happening in Krakoa currently. I know, and it's kind of disappointing. How do you know? From previews, from other things. They are on the cover of issue five. I assume that that is the person that we're talking about because it makes sense. I said this a couple weeks ago. Oh, I hate that you know, and I hate that it's disappointing. Yeah, but, you know, (sighs) aren't you happy to know that versus just feeling it later on? Well, I don't know, because if it's someone that I don't really know, then I can't really be disappointed by it in the same way as other people. I guess. So, TBD. TBD. We'll see later on. I didn't even say Captain Marvel number 49, the end of the brood story. Oh, and snap. Invincible Iron Man number six, which I'm not sure if it'll have anything X-Men related, but... But it could. It's there. And plus more Spider-Man. And plus Daredevil. And all, plus and plus and, and plus, plus and plus and plus. And plus. Oh, baby. Until next time, old friend, slash apparently my name is Jonathan Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even remember his name. Oh, man. Joseph. (sighs) Joseph. Oh, goodness. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.